So, of course, when you hear us talking about WSET's Dave Walls joining us in the fast lane, as he is about to do momentarily, you think high school football, as you should, because we will talk opening round of the high school football playoffs momentarily with WSET's Dave Walls. But before we do that, Dave, Virginia, the football product at times has been questionable, but it has looked better for the majority of the second half of the season. Three of the last four games, uh, Virginia has looked better. They've won only one of those, but they've looked good. And then... There's no doubt the level of resiliency is remarkable. We are approaching the one-year anniversary of the tragic shooting on grounds. Uh, The survivor from that, from the football team, is Mike Hollins. And then his running back mate, Paris Jones, last night against Louisville, suffering that scary injury. And, uh, you know, I was as thrilled as anyone after the game going to bed and getting the uh, statement to my inbox and text messages that uh, he's fine and thankfully everything's going to be okay um, you can pick apart the football product at times for Virginia, and I think it's deserved, Dave, but there's no doubt this team has still shown a remarkable level of resiliency that also needs to be addressed. Yeah, absolutely. There's been a tremendous amount of resiliency. And like you said, you know, this Virginia product has kind of deserved a critical eye, you know, but you can't deny that they've played a much better brand of football over these last you know, four or five games than the first half of the season. And, you know, and if uh, if you think last night was a very winnable game against Louisville, they played well enough to be able to win that one. Uh, and you and you figure a couple plays swing here, or there, you're able to stop the run a little bit last night late. You know, you could be talking about you know a four win, five win team at this point, but that's just where UVA is. That they're not quite at that step yet, but they're making progress. I love the way Calandria uh, is playing under quarterback, you know, it thinks that he had to burn his red shirt when Tony Musket got injured. But, you know, the young freshman has proved that he can handle the spotlight in the big stage, and I feel like he's only going to get better. And then, you know, to cap it off, uh, again, a, a scary moment for Paris Jones. Like you, I was relieved to uh, have my phone blow up last night with people telling me as far as he's got the movement. Team that is over the last year uh, to be able to not, you know, to avoid a more serious uh, incident uh, last night is uh, is certainly a relief. And uh, again, you know, a team that has made plenty of progress and, you know, hopefully we'll continue to do so as the season wraps up in the, in the following two weeks. The insanity with the Virginia football all seemed to unfold as soon as that Iowa-Virginia Tech women's basketball game wrapped up. Dave Walls, ABC 13, WSCT with us in the fast lane. Big picture. I mean, you know, Virginia Tech, it's a nail-biter. It's back and forth. Caitlin Clark's fantastic. She could have gone for 50 and had to settle for just going over the 40-point threshold instead of the 50- or 60-point mark. But for Virginia Tech, how good is it for them in the short term to see that, to know what they can do and where they need to reach over the course of the season, and for women's basketball as a whole, the environment being packed out in Charlotte for that game? Oh, it's huge not only for women's basketball as a whole, but it's also great for uh, Virginia Tech, you know, because you always wonder when a team makes that kind of ascension, uh, you know, is it is it a one-hit wonder in a way? And uh, Georgia Amore was just having a field day last night, jacking up threes from all over the place, the half-court shot at the end of the first quarter. Elizabeth Kitley going for a double-double of 16 and 16. Um, you know, Caitlin Clark is, is a one-of-a-kind player, and she proved why uh, Iowa and, and her – belong in the conversation again this year she was just unstoppable last night but what a show both teams put on so if you're virginia tech yeah you lost you're disappointed but there's a lot to feel good about because even with when you get away from kitley and amore you know the rest of the bench 
a little bit younger. They're still finding some chemistry, and everyone looked pretty settled in last night. Uh, you know, that's a they're still fighting hard at the end, get it down to a two point game late, and uh, there's a lot of positives I think you take away from that game. There is no fault. Uh, there's no uh, shame, I should say, in, uh, in dropping a game to Caitlin Clark in Iowa. And I think uh, if this is the starting point for the season, they're starting off at a pretty high, pretty high so far. Dave Walls, ABC 13, WSET, joining us in the fast lane. Dave, it's always good for us to catch up with you and touch on things when we look at high school sports right now as we shift over from women's basketball. Playoffs begin this evening. We're going to remove LCA because most people expect them to win fairly comfortably. They've got home field advantage throughout the 3A playoffs until they will get to the championship game, which would be uh, basically at home. It's their old home, and it's like a block away from their current home uh, right behind Williams Stadium. Uh, But the rest of the Seminole District, how likely are we to see an EC Glass versus JF rematch next week as the Hilltoppers open their play tonight, and more notably, maybe even JF Cavalier Football, presented by TrostLaw.com on 100.9 and the Virginia's Talk Station app, features a real tricky GW Danville team coming to JF. I think there's a pretty good uh, uh, chance for that. Uh, the one thing I you know, noted to you off air is that you know, GW has always had the speed and the athletes. The one thing that uh, GW has had issues with this year is competing with size, teams that have big size and I think the J-Up offensive line particularly is going to uh, really have a, an advantage entering in the game tonight because the Cavaliers have proved you know even against some of the tougher teams of the Seminole District that uh, those big boys in the trenches can get it done <laughs> you know when you're, when you're able to hold some of these teams down under 100 yards a game uh, on offense you know they've proved that uh, they can control the tempo and control the pace now if they're able to uh, control the speed that G- that the very young GW team has, man, um, then they should be in good shape. And then for EC Glass, I think it's, it's a similar thing. Sorrento's got a, a pretty good passing game on paper. You know, they put up a lot of yards, and at the same time, Glass's defense has stepped up over the last couple of weeks. You know, they were able to do what they needed to do against Heritage. I think their big problem is they got to stay away from penalties. You know, the, there's been a couple instances this year where uh, Glass has uh, seen the yellow flags come out a little bit too much and if they're able to control that then I think we're looking at a uh, black and blue bowl once again but uh, still got to play the games tonight in order to get there and certainly neither team has uh, anything close to what I would uh, you know say is just uh, pencil them in already they got to earn this one tonight we've looked at 4a in the playoffs with WSET's Dave Walls we will shift over to 3a now we mentioned LCA they play Fluvanna most people expect that to be a a route for LCA but two other Seminole District teams also in 3A. LCA, if they win, they may take on Rustburg and Heritage. They're on the road at Turner Ashby, but we've seen how Brad Bradley's team, they've been more than comfortable turning them into close defensive games, and they know how to be able to play in those games and hang in there. Likelihood we get three Seminole District teams advancing in 3A playoff action after this evening. You know, that's a really tough one. Like you, I think LCA is going to be able to take care of Fluvanna tonight. Fluvanna's a decent team, but as an eight seed, they're a little outmatched here. And that, but then the other two were just, you know, a little, I'm not sure how to call them because Heritage, yes, is a seven seed. It's had their offensive struggles, but, you know, they've had uh, games where they're able to, you know, explode a little bit on offense. And yes, they're going up to Turner Ashby, who's got a great passing game, a uh, decent ground game as well. The one thing you always have to look at, and this is no necessarily disrespect to Turner Ashby, but uh, you know the, the districts that uh, Turner Ashby plays in up in the Shenandoah area uh, maybe don't face as tough a competition as 
what heritage and EC Glass and Rustburg play here in the Seminole. Uh, it, it just seems to be year in and year out. Even when a team up in that Shenandoah area goes nine and one, ten and zero, they struggle when they face teams from. Uh, are from Central Virginia, Southside Virginia, Western Virginia. It just seems to be they've had some growing pains. Whether or not this is the year they break out of that and they make a deeper run remains to be seen. But Heritage could turn this into a defensive battle, and that would certainly suit them well. Rustburg and Allegheny is a four or five. Uh, Rustburg is going to rely on that on those big boys for the ground game, and they're, and that's going to be their their strategy there. And Allegheny is a team that has uh, looked really good at times, putting up fifties and sixties, and then struggled offensively for a couple stretches. So that. It's a pretty tight, even matchup there. Uh, Rustburg's ground game is going to have to dictate the pace of play if they're going to be able to bring back a win. Dave Walls, ABC 13 WSET with us in the fast lane. Chatham, a great 7-3 and three season, and their reward is a trip to Appomattox, which looks like they're finding their stride right now uh, as we get to playoff time. Um, do you have to give Chatham or Appomattox the edge, even though the record doesn't favor them, just by virtue of the fact that not only are the Appomattox Raiders at home, but when you get to the point where you're hitting your stride come playoff time, it's hard to doubt that program? A little bit. You know, the, it, for everyone I've spoken to, it's all Appomattox, you know, they didn't have as great a year as maybe I thought they would. Here's what Doug Smith always seems to do. They play, this, they play tougher teams, higher class teams earlier in the year, and yes, they might take some lumps in the last few years in that stretch. And then once they get to the Class 2 schedule, once they get to the Dogwood, they start going on a winning streak. And they're able to defend home turf, and they're able to make a deep run, and they're able to surprise people. It seems it's been that way for the last couple of years. And so it's hard to doubt them, especially when they're playing a Chatham team who has had a tremendous year. I'm taking absolutely nothing away from Chatham in the stretch. But when you look at historically, Chatham um, has never won, ever, at Appomattox. I was looking at the, the history of that last night. You know, and they're a team that hasn't had a playoff win uh, in a long, long time. I think 2005 was their only other playoff win when they upset Gretna. You know, and so if Chatham is going to win this, something they weren't able to do in Appomattox uh, about a month ago, uh, they need to come out of the gate strong and they need to make a statement early because they've got uh, not only recent history fighting against them, but they've got their overall history of the two schools uh, fighting against them. This is certainly not a uh, an automatic win for Appomattox because Chatham has plenty of talent, but I think they're going to have to prove that they that they definitely belong in the conversation here. Dave Walls, ABC 13 WSET with us here in the Fast Lane. Dave, William Campbell upheld their end of the bargain in dominating fashion. They rolled over Franklin uh, and put themselves a couple of steps closer to possibly playing Alta Vista in the playoffs. Uh, they've got an uphill battle, though, likely against Sussex Central in the second round. How likely is Alta Vista to uphold their end as they get Surrey this evening? I think Alta Vista stands a pretty good shot of moving on tonight. Surrey is a team that uh, you know has had some success this year, but certainly it's a smaller team who uh, I don't think can necessarily hang for four full quarters against some of the athletic talent that Matt Deloach has there in Colonel Country. And so uh, we'll see how they do tonight, but Alta Vista is certainly a team that has been trending in the right direction. A little slip up here late in the season against Chatham, but uh, certainly has enough on their side overall throughout the campaign to make me think they get the win tonight. And quickly, William Campbell, I thought they looked much stronger last night than I had seen them over the past couple weeks. You know, Danny Brogan even told me after the game, you know, we've been close, you know, for whatever their record 
had been, they were, you know, they were a player two here, similar to what we're talking about Virginia in the, in the beginning, you know, a, a player two here and there, and they're a seven win, eight win team, you know, uh, but uh, some penalties and some lack of execution in some areas uh, really frustrated Brogdon and his coaches. And I know they've been working hard with the players. And last night was a four quarter demolition. You know, when you hold an opposition in a four or five game to just four yards of offense, you're doing something right, you know, forcing four or five turnovers, some pick sixes. Uh, Campbell dominated that one from end to end, it, and they're and they're 100 percent healthy. Something a lot of teams aren't coming into this time of year. So if they are going to make a run at the top seed of Sussex Central, uh, they've got momentum completely on their side. We always have momentum from WSET's Dave Walls, who's with us in the fast lane. Dave, thank you for your time. When we get into the portion of the uh, year where Brookville fills that vacancy or at least gets closer to it as John Meeks resigned at the end of last week, we'll get your thoughts more on that momentarily. But we're on a tight schedule today. We appreciate your time looking at what's in the here and now, the high school football playoffs, and we look forward to chatting again soon. Sounds great, Ed. Bundle up. We'll talk to you next weekend. Dave Walls, ABC 13 WSET with us here in the Fast Lane. When we return, more on college football. Oliver Hodgkinson of collegefootballnetwork.com steps into the Fast Lane next to look ahead to the Virginia. We'll look back at the Virginia game against Louisville and look ahead to VT Boston College, JMU, UConn, UConn at JMU, and Old Dominion at Liberty. All that's still to come here in the Fast Lane.